Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Playing Around podcast. I'm your host, Paige Renee, and I have had a lot of travel, (laughs) and I honestly just haven't wanted to do the podcast. I was a little unmotivated because I hate traveling with all of my equipment, but now I'm excited to update you on where I've been and what I've been doing. I had a couple fun weeks of playing some golf, some sponsor outings, and some weird things that have happened in between. So let's just get right into it and we'll do some TNA at the end of this episode. Okay, so (laughs) I went from Colorado to New York, New York to Virginia, Virginia to Arkansas, Arkansas to Missouri, Missouri back to Arkansas, Arkansas to Colorado, Colorado to Utah, Utah to Colorado, and and then I have to go to Colorado to New York, New York to Colorado, Colorado back to New York, New York back to Colorado. So yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I am almost through the most hectic time and then I'll get to relax a little bit and I actually get to go on a real vacation. I realized that I haven't been on a real vacation since I was seven years old. I went to Florida, Disney World, we did that whole thing and that was my last real vacation because any other time after that, I was doing gymnastics high level and then I did golf and then pro and then now it's, you know, media work. And so I really haven't had a true vacation where I've been able to unplug. And so that is coming up not that soon, but kind of soon. And so that's what's been keeping me going because it has been such a crazy year, uh, an amazing year, but I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, I can't travel anymore. I'm tired of traveling. Um, but the last couple trips were really fun. So while I was in Virginia, I 
met with this company that I work with, Dynamic Brands. So they do Bag Boy, um, Devont Towels. So Devont does all of my golf towels that I do. So all the really fun ones with me on it. And they also do so many other really cool towels as well. Uh, Bag Boy does a ton of awesome stuff. So it was fun to see them. And they have so many other brands as well. And I've been working with them for two and a half, almost three years now. So it's been a great partnership. We've been able to be so creative and do some really fun things with the towel. I talked about this before, but I was so against doing a towel. I thought that no one would want to buy it. And you guys actually end up really loving them. So it's been something really fun that I've been able to do in my career. And we have some really fun stuff in the works coming up. But Every year I do a Virginia trip because that's where the headquarters are. And so I got to play Kinlock, which is one of the most beautiful golf courses that I have ever played. It is in amazing shape. The members are really cool. The staff is awesome. And they have really amazing grilled PB&J sandwiches. Like they are amazing. So I got to play there and it was a really fun round. And my caddy was fascinating. So I, you know, just met him on the first tee and I was like, so have you been caddy here for a while? And he's like, no, just a year. He was like, I was a dentist for 20 plus years and I was diagnosed with brain cancer during COVID. And the story is, is crazy. And he said that it was at that point, they didn't know. And so he decided that he wanted to start living life for himself and to do things that he really loves. And he loves golf. So all he does now is plays golf and he caddies. And it was a really interesting perspective on life and learning from him. And he was actually a really great player too. I think he said he was a plus two or three handicap. And so being around him and listening to him talk me through the golf course, when you've had a really good caddy and they don't have to necessarily always be really great players, but sometimes when a caddy really knows a golf course and this guy was a really great player and he knew the golf course, it just gives you a different perspective on how to play it. And this is why I value caddies so much and I think they are so greatly important to the success of players on tour and just in everyday rounds because there's so many times where I don't have the right yardage or I pick the wrong club or I don't take into account the uphill or downhill or the wind and having a caddy really helps all of those factors and talking you out of doing stupid shots or picking shots that aren't going to turn out right. And for me, I'm a horrible green reader. Absolutely horrendous. Every putt is straight to me. I don't know what it is. I just can't read greens. And I've been like that my entire career. I'm a really good putter, but I can't read greens. And so I rely so heavily on my caddy when it comes to putting. And anytime I have a great caddy, look out because I'll make everything because I just need someone to tell me where to hit it. And then I can do that. I just can't read them on my own. And so, you know, we made some putts. We had so much fun. But again, also getting the perspective on course and listening to a great player and a great caddy, but also just listening to him and his life experience and things he would do different. And it was just a really cool round. And that's what I love so much about golf is being able to meet all of these different characters that come along in your life and 
spending five hours with someone that you didn't know and now you know so much about them and he knows so much about me and you have these really interesting conversations and you get to know someone so deep on a personal level through a round of golf. And that's one of my favorite aspects of this game. It's the people that I meet and looking forward to coming back next year and, you know, asking for him to caddy for me again. It's those experiences that make golf so special. And so that was really fun. And the next day I got to play in a Champions Tour Pro-Am and my pro was Jim Furyk. I have wanted to play with Jim Furyk for such a long time. He is a Pittsburgh guy. He loves the Steelers. My parents are from Pittsburgh. We're a big Steelers fan. We just have so many weird ties. He played golf at University of Arizona. I played golf at University of Arizona. He is a club champion ambassador. I'm a club champion ambassador, which reminds me, if you want to go get new clubs for the holiday season, get geared up for next summer, go to Club Champion now. It is a perfect gift for yourself or a loved one. So don't forget to go there, get a whole new bag. You deserve it. New year, new you, new clubs. So go to Club Champion and use code PAGE. So we ended up playing at Virginia Country Club and it is, again, a very beautiful golf course. So I got so lucky to play Kinlock and then Virginia Country Club back to back. I played really well. I actually got to play from the front tees though. So (laughs) everyone always gets mad when I get to play from the front tees because they don't think it's fair because I hit it long. And it's so much fun to be able to play from the front tees. And I always tell people that if you're struggling with your game or scoring or learning how to to go low, move up. Seriously, play from the very front tee box and try to shoot five to 10 under. Try to go under par because if you can't go under par from the front tees, then you probably won't be able to go under par from tee boxes that are farther back. So what I like to do is start up close, have a really good round, move back one tee box, have another really good round, and I can't move back until I have a score that I'm happy with. So for you, it could be maybe one under par, or even for me, it's maybe seven, eight, nine under from the front tees, but it really trains your brain to not fear going low because I know that we've all dealt with this before when you're having the absolute round of your life and you get nervous and all of a sudden you start thinking about it and you choke. <laughs> You train yourself to get over that fear and to not stop thinking about attacking the pins and making birdies. And it's harder than you think because you're so then focused in on your short game. And so you have to get hit really good wedge shots. And most of the holes are not set up for you to be hitting them in those areas if you do hit it farther. And so you have to be really accurate also off the tee. So it really tests all aspects of your game and it forces you to go low. So got to play from the front tee box. And I think I was six under through nine. Uh, I played really well. I was making some putts, hitting some really great wedge shots. But Jim Furyk is one of the nicest pros that I have ever played with. Uh, Really dry sense of humor, friendly, uh, just fun, just fun to play with. He didn't try to give you too many swing tips or be too overbearing. It was just the perfect combination of knowing, you know, when to insert yourself and when to talk and, you know, mixing through everyone in the group. And you can tell he's just such a pro when it comes to socializing with people on the golf course. I mean, he's been doing this for such a long time. 
Also, just to watch his game because he's not obviously known as being one of the longest hitters, but he has an amazing wedge game and he just doesn't miss. Like even when he's upset with his shots, he's just not missing. And it just shows you that pros do miss, but their misses don't hurt them. And I think that's something that we can all take into account and remember too, is that we're all going to miss. It doesn't matter how good we are, how long we've been playing. Um, if we've shot, you know, 58 in a tournament, we've won a major, but you're still going to miss shots. And that that is okay. And it's so interesting always watching the best players in the world because you do realize that they're not going to hit every shot perfect. And most of the time you maybe only hit one or two really perfect shots around if you're lucky. And so to get better, you just need to make your miss hits just a little bit better. So if you miss it off the tee, maybe instead of it going OB or a lost ball, it's just barely off the fairway. And you can still scramble for your your par or even a bogey instead of making a double, triple, or a quad. And so that's the thing that they do really well is that when they do miss, they scramble really well or they're still missing in spots that it doesn't hurt them. And I always remember that when I watch them play and I'm like, okay, (laughs) I can't get mad that I'm missing because they're missing too. And it's always a good lesson to have. So that was um, a fun two days. And most of the time when I am traveling and doing trips, I don't really get to play much golf because I'm shooting or it's just, you know, inside of a studio. It's just not, or like a meet and greet. Um, You just don't get to play much golf. And so this trip I actually got to play, which was nice and play some really amazing golf courses, which makes it even better. So after this, um, I was in Missouri, Branson, Missouri. I went to Payne's Valley, which is Tiger Woods' course there. And it is spectacular. I didn't get to play it this go around. The last time I was there is when I played the Top of the Rock Par 3 course at another Champions Tour event where I was lucky enough to play with Gary Player, Mark Wahlberg, and Justin Timberlake. That was my foursome of the day. And I've told this story before, but it's too good to not tell again. But I remember being on that first team. And it's a team event. So my partner was Justin Timberlake, and we were playing. Um, against everyone that was there. They had all these different pairings, but um, Gary Player and Mark Wahlberg. And so it was Gary and Mark first, and they're they're teeing off. And while they were teeing everyone off, they were listing out everyone's accomplishments. And with Gary was like, all these major championships and Mark Wahlberg, you know, all these like movies and all this stuff. And then of course, you know, Justin Timberlake, the list goes on and on and on. It was just so incredibly impressive to be around all these superstars. And then I was the last to go. I swear, someone did this on purpose because they were like, and a Peach Spranic. And at that time, I just did Sports Illustrated, like Sports Illustrated model. (laughs) Like, that was it. Nothing else. And it was mortifying, mortifying after they announced like Gary and Mark and Justin, it was like crowd goes wild, everyone's screaming. And then they introduced me and it was like, who is that? <laughs> Seriously, like that is what it was like. And it, it was such a humbling experience. I feel like everything in my life is just a humbling experience after another humbling experience. But I was like, yep, well, that, that was great. <laughs> and I would always like, 
go right behind Mark Wahlberg or Justin Timberlake because they'd be mobbed by people. And then I would just kind of like scoot on through because obviously no one was asking for my autograph or picture or anything. And it was such a fun day because they were all really cool and down the earth. And I got to meet Jessica Biel as well. And she is like my ultimate girl crush. But that was the last time I was in uh, at that golf course. And so I was back this year with swag. So they brought all of their best customers in for this big event, which was so much fun. And so the first day I just met everyone on the first tee. But while I was doing that, like two minutes before everyone came, I like looked back, was going to take a step in my thunder thighs, crushed this yellow jacket wasp. I don't know what it was, but I crushed it between my legs and I opened my leg up and this the, the stinger is just stuck in there. And I'm like, oh no, luckily I'm not allergic, but took the stinger out and immediately shooting pain. The thing was swelling up and I, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so I just left it. It was burning the entire time. And then the next day, it was my whole leg was completely swollen, completely swollen. And this goes back to what I talked about, uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, where everything that can go wrong does go wrong with me on these trips. It, it doesn't matter. And it's always like these weird medical issues, like the time I got like double pink eye when I had to go to the Derek Jeter event after the Maxim shoot. The most embarrassing, worst possible things that could happen. That's what happens to me. And they're things that are not like luckily that bad, but they're just embarrassing and, and it's uncomfortable enough. And so I have to like tell people about it and it's always the worst thing ever. And it always happens. Every time I travel, it always happens happens to me. It's like I, I can never go on a trip and just have everything go right and everything be totally fine. So this trip I had the the wasp or yellow jacket sting. Um so that was very uncomfortable and not fun to deal with. I, I had like a large allergic reaction to it and like my leg was super hot and I was like getting really nauseous and I was like looking and this is the bad thing too. I think I work myself up because I look at my phone and I Google when like can you die from a wasp thing or like all this stuff and they're like yeah I mean yes you can of course you can but it's always like the worst possible thing that can happen and so on math I'm like oh, god this is it for me because I was having such a bad reaction so everyone was kind of freaking out is this big deal and I, I make it into bigger deals than it probably is but it was really scary in the moment and I actually thought that <laughs> I didn't know what to do because I I am allergic to so many things and I've been stung by a bee before, but this was different, completely different reaction. But I digress. <laughs> I then got to stand on the famous 19th hole par three. It's this island green with this massive waterfall behind you. And it's like a mile drive back to the clubhouse through like these cliffs. It's really, really cool. It's like it's like amusement park. That's what it feels like. And so I sat on 19 all day long and hit a shot on the par three for every group that came through. And um, that's always stressful because you're sitting there and you're waiting for the group and you have one shot and they're expecting you to hit a good shot. <laughs> so for like the first two, I was so nervous. Like hands were shaking and I just like dead pulled in the water and I was like, eh, sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, like I'm like, this is why I don't play anymore. <laughs> this is why I take my clothes off on Instagram, get paid that way because I I can't I can't hack it as a golfer. Um 
Yeah, but it's it's always nerve wracking, and then you get into it and you hit a couple good shots, and it's and it's really fun. Um, but I had a really good time there. Uh, I I love the swag team and all of their uh, customers are really cool too. They're so obsessed with swag and the brand and the people, and they built something like truly truly special. It's really hard to capture that. Uh, that fan base that loves what you do so much and and they want to collect everything that you put out. So it was a, it was a really cool energy that they had at that event. And like I said, you have to drive this like mile, like through this like waterfall. And it was, it's really, really cool though. So I want to go back and play there again for real and uh, just really experience every single course they have out there because they have so many different golf courses and they're all really cool and the people are really cool there too. So um, a really good trip. So I got really lucky. It's hard with the travel, but I do get really lucky with all of these trips that I get to go on because most of them are really cool and fun. So after that, I went back to Colorado. Um, I had to get some stuff done, some shoots. And then from there, I went to Utah and I was there for an X-Golf appearance. They were opening their new Utah location. It's the first one in Utah. So definitely go check that out if you are from Utah. It's in Riverton. And I was also there for a wedding. One of my old teammates at SDSU got married and all the team was back together. And it's always so much fun to reminisce on all of the old college stories and um, all of the fun that we used to have. I I feel like I've changed so much since college. I wouldn't say I was necessarily a party girl, but I had fun. And being homeschooled and then going to college, I definitely let my hair down a little bit. But I used to always call myself a party girl until I actually experienced like people really partying. And I was like, I'm not a party girl at all. <laughs> like, I would drink like one night a week and get a little like white girl wasted. And it was so tame from what actually people actually do. And I didn't realize like so many people did drugs and <laughs> all the stuff. And I'm not judging. I'm not judging at all. Um, but once I was like an adult and like I, people were talking about it so publicly, I, I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> and I have never done drugs in my entire life. That's just something that I'm like so petrified to do. And in college, I used to like kind of lie about it and be like, oh yeah, I've, I've smoked the marijuana before. <laughs> I definitely didn't. <laughs> I've only people think I was cool and I was just like this weird homeschooled kid. And I've always been scared of drugs after my mom, she was my teacher when I was homeschooled and we took this drug class together and she was like, if you take this, you will die. It's like that scene in Mean Girls when he's like, if you have sex, you will die. If you do this, you will die. And that's what it was like. And so I've just always been so petrified of even experimenting, touching, like whatever. And it's just a personal thing. Like I said, if that's what you do, like no no judgment at all. But I'm just so scared of doing that. So I've never, ever done any drugs. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done like vape, nothing, anything. <laughs> and um so yeah it's it's funny because we always like when we get together with the girls it's always like talk about our crazy you know college experiences and now like thinking about I'm like I really wasn't that crazy and I had like people like gaslighting me into thinking that I was like this big party girl and like I just got a little drunk here and there like that's it like it wasn't that bad um and like we're all allowed to have a little fun here and there right 
Uh, so yeah, so that was fun. So I was there for the opening of X Golf, and I basically just like sit there, do a little meet and greet, take some pictures, talk to people. Um, those are really fun because I get to actually meet people and talk to them for a little bit. And it's not just like a quick like, hey, what's your name? Okay, picture, bye. Like you actually get to know them, and that's what I really like. I like getting to know the people who follow me and support me and spending time talking to them. It's always so much fun. So that was the last trip. And then I had to come back to Colorado because I had another shoot with PointsBet. And then I have to go to New York for another shoot with PointsBet. And then I have to go back here because I'm doing a lot of content. But I wanted to get into some TNA to wrap this episode up. So let's get right into it. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air? Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. So I want to finish this episode up with some TNA. I asked you guys a while ago on the Playing Around Instagram account about relationship questions, and you guys seemed to really like that. And I didn't answer all of them, so let's just dive right into it. The first question is how to keep relationship fresh even after a long time. I think that you need to always stay in that dating phase where you make an effort to go out to make each other a priority. That's always so much fun for me when I'm about to go out on a date and I'm getting ready because I want to look great for him and you just have those butterflies and you make the effort to plan the date and to do something romantic. Stuff like that I think really does keep it fresh. You can get into this rhythm, especially in a long-term relationship where it's 
boring and redundant and you just sit on the couch (laughs) and you don't take care of yourself and you get comfortable. And so it's always being uncomfortable in the relationship and always pushing yourself and pushing your partner and planning new dates and trying to be spontaneous. And I know that's probably harder with kids and I don't have kids, so I can be a little bit more spontaneous, but making that effort to go on dates and have fun and be romantic, I think always keeps the relationship fresh and fun. Next question is, how do you continue to do what you do knowing the trolls are out in full force? At this point, I've been doing this for such a long time and I don't really think it's a surprise of what I'm going to post or what I'm going to say and people are always going to have misconceptions about who I am and this happened recently which was really frustrating. There was this country club that had been begging me to come out to their course and to uh, post there and to do some content there and I'm always really hesitant when it comes to new courses because I know that my content isn't everyone's cup of tea And it can rub people the wrong way. And so I only like going to courses that are really understanding of the clothes that I'm going to wear. And I know I have a bit of a rebellious side, but I'm not disrespectful. And so if a course is uncomfortable with dress code, I won't go there. I'll wear something different. And I always ask beforehand, is this okay? Can I wear this? This is the content that I shoot. I'm going to continue to wear clothes that are similar to this. Is that okay? And most of the time when I, I go to courses that I feel will align with, you know, my brand and what I'm doing. And majority of the time they're public golf courses and the guy next to me is wearing cutoffs and jean shorts <laughs> and that's okay. And so that's why I really like going to public golf courses because there really isn't that much of a dress code and everything is just so relaxed. And so I get really hesitant when it comes to country clubs because they have their own little set of rules and I get that and that's fine. And each different country club has its own culture and you have to respect that. So this course was reaching out over and over again and they seemed really cool. They loved the content that I was shooting and they just wanted me to shoot there. So I was like, okay, cool. So I did one thing there, no problem. They loved it. It was definitely on the very racy side. And again, no problem at all. They welcomed it. And I was shooting other other pieces of content at different golf courses and they reached out and they're like, hey, we don't want that. We only want you exclusively at our course. And I was like, okay, well, close like it's gonna be easy they were really cool and they obviously know the kind of content that I'm shooting so I go out again shoot all of this content I I met everyone there from like their general manager to their manager to the head pro to the assistant pro to the greenskeeper to this you know everyone on their like freaking staff I I met (laughs) even like the wives of some of them I met and everyone was so cool so understanding and they were watching me shoot this content And so I'm there and I'm shooting this content and uh, everything was fine. They're like, tag us, tag us. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, uh, you guys have been nice to me. I'll I'll do it. And then a couple days ago, they reached out and they're like, you have to remove all of your tags because the members are very upset. And I'm like, what? What? And so those are the things that happen to me almost daily. And 
A lot of it is online, but a lot of it happens kind of in person too. And apparently like the Karens were upset with what I was wearing and I, I'm still trying to get the full story, but I was really upset about that because it makes me look disrespectful and they should have known the culture of their their members and their membership. And it just makes me look stupid and that's what I don't like. I don't like being put in positions where I can get that type of hate because I get it so much online that I don't like to feel uncomfortable when I'm shooting my content at a golf course because I really don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong and people are so butthurt over some cleavage and I was even wearing collar (laughs) and just because I was showing some cleavage and a little bit of midriff it was like the world was ending and it was so disrespectful and I just wish that they had my back because they were so cool to me they watched me shoot it there was so many opportunities for them to be like hey we don't agree with this or we don't like this and I shot on off hours so I wasn't even keeping anyone up I was again highly respectful of everyone there when I was off the course and walking around I had my jacket on all the way zipped up a lot of people don't realize that too because I was like how do you get away wearing that stuff well one I asked to make sure everyone's okay with it and two I bring a jacket and so when I am not shooting my content which is away from everyone else I'm completely covered up because again I always want to be respectful and so that was really hard to hear and really frustrating but there's so many things like that where I, I am like shamed for what I'm wearing and what I'm doing. And that's when it's it's hard and it's frustrating. So to answer that question, I keep doing what I'm doing because of situations like that. Because I feel like the culture does need to change within golf and people are so fucking stuffy and like uh, sticks up their buttholes. <laughs> and they just need to just take it out and have fun because that's not what golf is about. I talked about this at the beginning of the episode. Golf is about connecting with so many different people and it doesn't matter what you're wearing if you're playing music on the golf course. It matters if you're respectful to your playing partners and you're respectful to the golf course. And me wearing some, having a shirt with some cleavage doesn't mean that I'm not going to fix my ball markers or I'm not gonna fill my divots or I'm not gonna be nice to my playing partners. That's just not what it is. It's about and so it's just so shocking to me that dress code makes such a big difference and hey again if if those are the rules at your country club and you want to be a member at that country club because you like that culture go for it I'm not saying that that shouldn't be the case but I was really frustrated that they brought me in made me feel welcome to then be shamed I don't like that so I don't know if I really answered that question, but I, I keep doing what I'm doing because I have to and I want to. And uh, most of the time it's to make a statement. When I'm wearing certain things, it's to make a statement because there's one thing about me, I'm petty. <laughs> I'm very, very petty. Something that I'm working on with my therapist. But I just don't like when people make others feel bad for not doing anything wrong, for the way they want to live their life or the way they want to dress. And just because it's not what you would do doesn't mean you have to make anyone else feel really shitty about what they're doing. And so that's why I wear what I wear. I do what I do because I think it's stupid and I'm standing up for the people who feel like they have to change to make other people happy, miserable people happy. And that's not what I'm all about. I'm three under on 16T and finished bogey, bogey, bogey. How do I process this? So this goes back to why it's important to play from the front tees because you need to switch your mindset over into thinking, 
okay, I'm already three under, let's get it to six under. You have three left, you have 16, 17, 18, let's get it to six under. Instead, you're thinking, how do I keep it where it is so I can shoot in the 60s for the first time or that I can shoot in the 60s? And so it's changing your mindset over and being aggressive instead of protecting your score. So that's why you wanna move to the front tees and practice going low because you really do have to train yourself to be able to think that way. And it takes a lot of time and practice physically and mentally to be able to get in that mindset and to know how to attack pins and when to attack pins and you know seeing those putts drop in and 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 being nervous when you are three under on 16 and knowing how to handle that that's why that drill is so great how do you balance your business drive with your relationships it's been really difficult to be honest I don't think that I have managed that well in the past I think it's finding someone who supports you and your goals and your dreams. And I I found someone now who also has a really great career and he works insane hours. He doesn't have social media and we're very opposite in so many ways, but we both understand our work schedules and it works for that reason. He loves to work. It's it's part of his identity. It, it's what brings him the most happiness. And I'm also realizing that as well, that work brings me a lot of joy in my life. And it's nice being with someone now who lifts me up for working hard and wanting to work hard. I think it's finding someone who understands that I I sometimes I value work over quality time. <laughs> and it sounds so bad to say, but if I don't feel fulfilled in my own life, then I'm not going to be great in a relationship. And that's something that I've learned. You do have to be almost selfish in a way to be better in a relationship. And I've learned that through therapy. Instead of giving all that I have to someone else, you do have to find things away from that relationship that brings you joy. And work is one of those things that brings me a lot of joy. And so finding someone who understands that and accepts me for that. What's the best advice for a guy who's extremely self-conscious? Oh yeah, this one this one's hard because I am also I'm also very self-conscious and it's something that I have to work through every single day and especially just my appearance and, and relationship and with my friends and not overthinking everything. So I have a lot of anxiety and so that makes me overthink and then I get self-conscious because I'm thinking that no one likes me or they don't want to be around me or that they're mad at me. And so what I do that really helps me is getting my mind off of it. So maybe it's going for a walk with my dog, Nico, or maybe it's working or working out. It's distracting yourself from all of those negative self-talk. So that's the reason why you feel so self-conscious is because of your negative self-talk. You are talking to yourself as if you are an internet troll. You're saying that you're fat and you're ugly and you're not smart and no one likes you and all of these things and you should be your own best friend. And so this sounds so stupid, but stay in front of the mirror or write it down, but write your best qualities out and start building yourself up because if you're not nice to yourself, then no one else is going to be. And it takes a lot of time to build build that confidence, but that comes from within. It doesn't come from other people. So 
Find what makes you feel good. And it's very individualized. Again, for me, it's working out. It's walking my dog. I love going on my walks. That's something that I have to do every single day. I try to go for an hour or two walk. I listen to music. I try to stay off my phone and I just clear my mind. So find things that make you feel happy and write down things that you love about yourself. That's something that I've really been trying to work on because it is easy to get in this vicious cycle of negative self-talk where you just don't feel good about yourself. And so every night I just stand in front of the mirror and I say, you know what, Paige? You're kind of funny. You're nice. (laughs) You know, you have nice eyes. You have a nice smile. You have a great boobs, (laughs) whatever it may be. And again, it's so individualized, but find things that you feel good about yourself and then don't let anyone else tell you differently. Someone said, just wanted to say that I could listen to you all day. You could be reading out a grocery list and I would be entertained. A lot of people say that my voice is really annoying and I don't know how to not make it annoying, but I have a bit of like the the valley girl plus vocal fry and I just always sound like I'm going to cry. So I've been trying to work on my vocals and doing vocal exercises, but I don't want to sound like everyone else because I think you do get this announcer voice and I, and I, I can't even do it because I can't because my voice is annoying, but I have been working on that because I don't want people to think that my voice is annoying. Last question is, how is your life going? Are you satisfied with your life and decisions that you have made? Do you have any regrets? I'm really happy with where my life is right now. There's been a ton of growing pains and I have learned a lot from some good decisions and some bad decisions, but I think all of those decisions make you who you are. So no, I I don't regret anything that I have done. There's things that of course I wish I did differently, but again, I think they really do make me who I am and I've learned from them. And I think that's the best thing that I have done in my life is learn from all of my mistakes and 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 getting help when I needed to get help and and knowing that it's okay to not be okay. And I know that's very cliche, but I I knew that during some certain hard times in my life that I needed therapy and and I was making poor decisions because I had unresolved trauma in my life or I've gone through some very hard things in my life. And so I knew that I needed to seek therapy and to work on myself. And so, no, I don't regret any of the decisions that I've made because it has led me to this moment in my life where I am starting to feel fulfilled for the very first time in my life. I've gone through so many ups and downs and there were so many points from, gosh, as far back as I could remember when I was very, very young to in college to, you know, even very recently where I would just wake up and I wasn't happy and I wasn't looking forward to waking up and I I didn't have any passions or drive or motivation. I would just wake up and I'd be like, God, is this it? Like, this is my life. And I just, I was, I wasn't happy with so many things around me and I was able to make that change and I could not have made that change without going to therapy and growing from all of those experiences. But I think life is the best that it has ever been. I think the first time in my life, I'm being very selfish 
when it comes to focusing on myself and working on my self-growth and being the person that I want to be. And in return, that is making me a better uh, sister. It's been making me a better daughter. It's been making me a better friend, a better girlfriend, better business partner, all of the above. I've really just grown a lot as a person and because of all of those mistakes that I have made. And I'm excited to wake up. I'm excited about my work. I'm excited about the people in my life. And I love my family and my friends and everyone in my life is so incredibly supportive. And so I'm really satisfied with where my life is headed. I don't know what's going to happen next. Everyone always asks me like, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I just want to be happy. And I want to work on becoming happy and being happy and truly, genuinely happy, not just this act of, you know, pretending like I'm happy. And that comes down to being fulfilled and finding out what makes me feel fulfilled. So I think I've answered this question kind of in the same way in all the other ones. But yeah, I I think it's just focusing on yourself and it's okay to be selfish and to work on you and not giving everything you have to other people because that really does drain you. So that is all for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars, maybe write a nice review, share with your friends too. I mean, all of the above. I appreciate any support you guys throw my way. It always really warms my heart when I meet new people. And one of the first things that they say is that they listen to this podcast and they love this podcast. And it keeps me motivated to keep this going, to keep putting episodes out and to keep improving and keep getting better. So I want to thank you for all of your support and telling me when you see me that you like the podcast because it really does mean a lot to me and again yeah thanks for listening and i'll catch you next time follow playing around with Paige renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts you ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. So what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Restrictions apply.